Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt. I'm Dory. Here we are. We are. We just went to our accountants for tax season. Our accountant wasn't there. We went in a car to Woodland Hills. If you're familiar with Los Angeles, that's pretty far from where we are. Uh, But I can tell you, the 405 was backed up, and so was the 101, and it's a Sunday. Yeah. Gotta be honest. I wasn't that mad. If it was, like, hotter, I would have been mad. Yeah. I wasn't mad. Yeah. I was just like, all right. Yeah. All right, mosey on. <laughs> it, there was it was just a it was a misunderstanding. I don't understand how it was understood wrong, but it was. I don't know. So I accept that yeah. understanding. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That's our day so far. Yeah. How's it going, Maria? <sighs> you know, other than that, it's going fine. Um, I want to tell everyone that. I have a new newsletter. You hear that, everybody? There's no news like new news. 
Um, it's called Now We're Talking. It's on Substack. Say it like you were. Say it like you say that. Now we're talking. There it is. That's how you should always say it. So it's called Now We're Talking. Okay, but you should do it without peeking. I wasn't ready for such oh, exuberance from you. So it's called Now We're Talking. There we go. Um, and it is kind of the the conceit behind it is about how to how to be a mom and be a human and not lose your sense of self and be able to laugh and commiserate with other moms and uh so if you're listening to this ivf podcast in the hopes of one day being able to subscribe to the newsletter i'd say you came to the right place listen we welcome all and some (laughs) (laughs) um now we're talking now we're talking so yeah so there's gonna be opportunities for discussion and connection and it's it's gonna be good i'm pretty excited so by the time you hear this you'll be able to sign up um, you can sign up at dory.substack.com. I will also put that in the show notes. That is dory, D-O-R-E-E, dot substack.com. Um, there will be an option for a paid subscription. One newsletter a week will always be free. So you can just sign up for the free newsletter if you want to give it a shot. I will also say that all of the content is going to be free for the first month. So you can kind of test it out. See if you like it. See if you like the community. And then if you want to get a paid subscription, you can do that too. I would say you should get a paid subscription. You know, the more paid subscriptions that you get, the more golf I can play without really working. Wow. That's really motivating what for people. I am here, I'm here to flip gender roles, okay? <laughs> and what I want is Dory to bring home the bacon. <sighs> Um, which is funny because I don't even eat bacon. I want you to bring on the turkey bacon. Oh, okay. Um, no, I, you know, this podcast is obviously ad supported. We do have the Patreon, um, which does cost money. Forever 35 is ad supported. And I just, you know, I, I think that I didn't want the newsletter to be ad supported. I wanted Uh it to be subscription supported and I also wanted people to feel kind of like a, you know, a sense of community and ownership in the newsletter and in the now we're talking community. I feel like we should do subscription drives every quarter. Okay. You know, like a, like a, like, you know, your classic telethon. Oh yeah. Sure. Sure. Your, your, your KCRW <laughs> PBS. And WGBH send out, and send out mugs. I think totes would totes? be the start. We'd sure. start with totes and then some, we'd say, Hey, would you like to own this? program on vhs or dvd oh then you could donate right now at the nine thousand dollar (laughs) level um subscriptions are six dollars a month or fifty dollars a year and uh yeah uh pretty excited dory has been working on this for a while and she hasn't been able to say anything about it but you know she's got that she's got that 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 twinkle back in her eye you know so i would say support the twinkle (laughs) support the twinkle thank you thank you so much matt don't you don't want to wind up with dead eyes like me no a doll's eyes you know there's a podcast called dead eyes right now have you heard about this podcast yes i have (laughs)
did not get into saving Private Ryan because he had dead eyes. Yeah. No wait. Tom Hanks said he had dead eyes. I don't, was it, it was Saving Private Ryan? Band of Brothers. Yeah. It was. Yeah. I didn't think it was Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Tom Hanks saw him and said he had dead eyes, so he he did not get on. The <laughs> well, you know. Whatever's and I think clever. I just read that um, he's going to have Tom Hanks on the podcast. I think that's the natural way to go. I agree. We had Tom Hanks on Nerdist many times. Yeah, but did he say you had dead eyes? Friend of the pod. I thought my eyes were very alive. They are. I mean, you lost the spark in them for a little while, but I feel like it's coming back. Oh, no. Are they coming back because I'm also going to do a newsletter? I'm not. No, you're not. This is a one newsletter household until (laughs) Henry can write. Henry, oh boy. He's real into numbers right now. He's into the clock. He's so into the clock to the point where today he was. We have an a, we have an analog clock in his playroom, and we have the Alexa in the uh, in kitchen. the kitchen. And uh, it was twelve fifty seven p.m. <laughs> and he wanted to turn one hundred, aka one o'clock. <laughs> and he wanted to know what the big hand and the little hand were doing. And what Alexa was doing. So he kept running back and <laughs> forth between the rooms. And uh, also, he made me stay. He made me stand right behind him yes, looking at the Alexa. Yeah. He wanted you to be a part of the <laughs> yeah. number change. Um, uh, and then, I don't know. Uh, Henry, also, by the way, in case anyone's wondering, I do bath most nights. Um, and we put up numbers on the on the bathroom wall the phone, like foam bath numbers yeah they stick you know when they're a little wet they stick to tile so we put them up on the wall and those are the numbers that are going to wash him <laughs> sometimes when we're filling because i fill the bath with henry yeah. i put the bubble bath in and start the water and sometimes he says what number is going to wash Henry tonight? Maybe <laughs> nine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then we put up the numbers and then it's like his bath is brought to you by the numbers yeah. zero and nine. Oh gosh. I mean, it's funny. It's really funny. It, he's yeah. He's, I showed him an episode of under the umbrella tree, which anybody who is I don't know how old you would have to be to remember that show, but you'd have to be younger than me because I had no idea what you were talking it about. It came out in like I think the ladies, mid to and late how 80s. old? Like what age group was it targeted to? Preschool, kindergarten. Okay, so yeah, so I definitely missed it. What was it? What channel was it on? In the United States, it wound up being on the Disney Channel. Oh, interesting. Um, but it was a CBC show. Oh. Um, and it was a 15-minute long show, so Disney would take two together, bolt them together, and that would be their show. Um, But, yeah, I showed up an episode of Under the Umbrella Tree that I vaguely remembered about time and telling time. <laughs> and we watched it four times. Really. <laughs> you should have seen him like when he saw what it was all about. Like he got real close to the table and started staring at it, and then, <laughs> and then once the clock came out, he wanted to get up on the table and sit on the table. So he was sitting on the table watching it. Up Guys, is our son weird? <laughs> oh, for sure. 
but he wouldn't be our son if he wasn't weird. That's true. I guess you just never know what like flavor of weird your kid is going to be. Yeah, I mean, right now he seems to be like Rain Man light. I'm going to start. I'm going to throw things into the air and see if he can count them before they come down. Oh, boy. <laughs> I asked him how many toes he had, and he said two. Oh. And then when I pointed out that there are five on each foot, I said, you have five here and you have five there. So what do you have? He's like, 10. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, <laughs> he, you know, let's, uh, whatever. He's loving, he's loving life. He is loving life right now. So, if, if, if we just have a, you know, you know, they say the the old the old saying goes, "Happy husband, happy life." Yep. <laughs> Maybe that applies to your children too. So, I mean, I certainly think it makes your life as a parent easier if your child is happy. I'm sorry. Is there is there life outside of parenthood? Maybe what? there is. Find out in the new newsletter. Now we're talking. <laughs> Uh, we also welcome dads. Mm, doesn't sound like it. Look, I, I take mean, your word for it. You don't have to subscribe. I if asked Dory if I could do a guest column. You didn't ask me that. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. I said, can I do a guest column every once in a while? You I never, think you were you like literally never asked. I think you were like that. in your zone. I do not remember this at all. Well, I asked. I would love for you to do a guest column. So maybe I'll do a guest column. That would be great. But please don't put me in the free one. Thank you. Wow. You got to pay for Matt. <laughs> Daddy wants a taste. <laughs> um, you know, last week, Matt, if you remember, we only got one email. I'm not familiar with last week. Have you blocked it out? Yeah. Because I was just like so sad about our only one email. So our, our gambit worked. Our Queen's our gambit, gambit, our Queen's Gambit worked. Our, of our, our having to record a podcast anyway, regardless yes. of how much <laughs> listener interest there was. Because we got a lot of emails this week, and a lot of them were like, I'm so sorry for not writing in. I mean, it wasn't, it was sort of meant to be a guilt trip, mostly. Well, it worked. I mean, but it also, how could it not have been a guilt trip? We had to fill like 45, yeah, 50 that, minutes. Yeah, that was not, it was not actually a gambit. It was, it was real. We that, had to fill the time. That we only had one email. So we had to talk about ourselves. Yeah. Which, you know, I gotta be honest, I'm not that interesting. Oh, hey, but you know, what we didn't mention is your episode aired this week. Oh, yeah. The episode of the Goldbergs I directed aired last week and this week. Yeah. The next one is this week. This one, the one this week is great. Old friend Rob Hubel was on this one, along with new friend Joey McIntyre of New Kids on the Block. I find Rob Hubel very handsome. Uh, especially now that he stopped dyeing his hair. He's now a silver fox. Oh, hello. Yeah, that's, that's what I say. Silver fox, Rob Hubel. Um, yeah, it's a good uh, It's a good episode. It's a good good. So watch, I guess, on ABC at eight o'clock on Wednesday. You had you directed two episodes that each had an iconic '80s musician on them. Yes, Richard Marks was on the wedding episode, mm-hmm. and Joey McIntyre, fellow lover of Boston Chinese food, Joey McIntyre. <laughs> You really bonded with Joey. I did. I did. 
I texted about Golden Temple not that long ago. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> if, if We discussed trying to find someone with a private jet. <laughs> if only 12-year-old me could see, see me now. <laughs> yes, your husband is uh, tangentially related to Joey McIntyre. You did it, honey. Wow. I knew it. I knew I'd get here someday. Um, well, riding that, we should, should we ride that high right into the break? I think we should. <laughs> Let's do it. We'll be right back. All right. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? <laughs> but they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. <laughs> That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like you know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. And we're back. Hello. Hello. We hope you took the time to get your sub stack in order. Yep. And 
subscribe to <laughs> subscribe to now, now we're, we're talking. talking so dumb that we are keep saying it like that <laughs> but you know uh, what can't not now dory i hear from the grapevine slash from you the founder of now we're talking uh that uh we have gotten some emails this week yes we have um and just a reminder you can email us at dory and matt at gmail or Matt and Dory at Gmail, and call or text us at 413-461-BABY. Um, we got a text that said, we are just two minutes into this week's episode, and I need to suggest that even if you don't get any emails, please continue to do the podcast. Your relationship is my main reason for listening, and I'm fairly certain I am not alone. Please don't quit us, because we can't quit you. I mean, actions speak louder than words. So I appreciate this show of support. <laughs> that was very sweet. Thank you. Thank you to you, person. Um, and we got a similar email from M.A. who said, Hi, Matt and Dory. I love your hour-long pod. Personally, the emails and Collins are my least favorite part. Wow. I can't have that. I just love hearing you talk and laugh and fight and tell us about your lives. It's my favorite podcast of all. And I've never listened because I have fertility issues. I don't. I have no idea how I found you or why I tuned into a pod about infertility. Sure. <laughs> but I love you guys. You could sit there and talk about the weather for an hour and I'd listen. Maybe just morph your pod into a life with kids pod or a Matt and Dory shenanigans pod. But please don't stop. I know I can still catch Dory on Forever 35. Also love, but I need Matt too and draw the line at his Star Trek pod. Can't do it. Not my jam. Love you guys. Keep potting, please. No, uh, not going to fault you. I mean, it's a big ask to listen to me on a Star Trek. And on the Star Trek podcast, quite frankly, I never really talk about me. We're talking about Star Trek, so I get it. Yeah, you guys stay on topic. Yeah. I mean, no, we don't. We, but we <laughs> veer tangentially around the entertainment industry and mm -hmm, not really about mm -hmm, ourselves. Mm -hmm. So thank you for that email. And you've got your wish for now. Here we are. We're still here. Um, okay. Moving on to some more IVF related emails. Yes. This is from Liz. Hi, I'm emailing because you said you wanted us to. And well, I guess I came up with a question slash topic that may be something Dory is interested in also. The over 40 crowd and egg retrievals. Mm -hmm. As insane as I feel like it is, I'm starting my fourth round of IVF four years after having my daughter who just turned three. I'll be 44 in April and the plan is to get these 43-year-old eggs out in a few weeks and see if I can make any normal embryos. I've been lucky in the quantity category but have struggled in the quality category as far as having four previous quote-unquote normal FVTs either not take at all or just not stick around very long. In my last round four years ago, they pulled out 15 eggs, 14 were mature, 10 fertilized, but only three made it to testing. One was abnormal, one was a failed FVT on Thanksgiving, and one is taking a nap right now. Hmm. I guess I'll put out a signal for really, really old eggs. Anyone want to share any good slash amazing slash hopeful results on egg retrievals over 40? My RE put my success rate at about 10%. And the lab they use for the embryo testing is reporting a 13% rate of normal embryos in women over 42. So I know we're not dealing with good odds over here. Maybe four hot dogs so far this year. Keep the show going forever. 
By the way, that 13% is like, okay. Is that higher than you thought? It's not higher than I thought, but it's like a tangible number. Yeah, it's not nothing. Where I'm just like, okay, so one out of 10. Right. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. It's not a plan, but you know. <laughs> Sounds like something. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, the signal has gone out. Please write in. Let us know your, your experiences, everyone. Uh, so, you know, it lines, almost lines up with you in a way. Yeah, I mean, Henry will be three, but you'll be, you know, I'll be a year older, but a year wiser. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you'll have a newsletter. Well, I mean, and I'll have a newsletter. So now we're talking. Now we're talking. Um, I'm actually going to move a couple of voice memos that I had put later in the pod. I'm going to move them up. Because I just realized they are more relevant to the current discussion than they will be later. So here we go. Um, Let me find this first one. It's in. I should be vamping to cover for her looking for things. Okay, here it is. I did it. Hi, Matt and Dory. This is Jenna from North Carolina. I, like many of your listeners, felt very guilty that I did not write or call in (laughs) in the last couple of weeks after you only received one email last week. So I am going to catch up on some of my random thoughts from the past few episodes. So first, I was surprised that there weren't more listeners who called in to tell their blizzard of 1978 stories after Matt and Dory shared their mom's blizzard of 1978 stories. I originally am from Kalamazoo, Michigan, birthplace of Gibson Guitars, and I was one year old, um, and apparently I ate a cigarette butt, and my mom had to call the ambulance, and because there was so much snow, the ambulance drivers came on a snowmobile to check me out. (laughs) I was fine, but it's a very wonderfully classy family story about the blizzard of 1978. Um, I also wanted to talk about the um, books for um, the listener who called in with a donor egg baby. Uh, My science babies are um, of donor egg origin, and I love the itsy bitsy gift of life. My daughter is four. We read it all the time. She understands that um, I didn't have any itsy bitsy seeds left and that a really lovely woman um, donated um, some itsy bitsy seeds and that we mixed them with daddy's seeds and put them in my tummy and it was her and then we had another one in the freezer and that is her brother. It's a very simple story. It's probably not perfect. Um, But for my four-year-old right now, I'm just really thrilled that she understands at her level the concept and that she'll always grow up knowing her story and that it won't be a surprise as she matures. Um, The other thing I wanted to comment on is for you, Matt and Dory, um, having your conversation with Dr. Beck in a few weeks. I know, Dory, you brought up using donor sperm. I know in the past you have brought up um, your sister donating eggs um, to you. And what I would say um, 
because it was a big part of our decision to use donor eggs, is to get all of the information from Dr. Beck. So what are your chances using Matt's sperm and Dory's eggs? What are your chances using donor sperm and Dory's eggs? What are your chances using Matt's sperm and donor eggs? You know, just get all of the information about all of the different ways that you may conceive your second child and take that information um, and lay it all out to help you make your decision about um, having a second child. I will say having a second child is difficult, but I think um, listening to you talk about Henry being one of the only children not to have a sibling um, and Matt feeling healthier um, and more ready, you know, to um, to get his sperm analyzed. I think you both really want it. And I, I will say, as again, I'm very, very lucky to have two. Um, and it's definitely worth it. Um, so I wish you both the absolute um, best luck. And I hope you got lots of calls and emails this week. Um, again, Jenna from North Carolina, we are in about 2,600 square feet um, with two science babies and one old ornery cat. And I don't think I've had any hot dogs yet this year. Sorry about that, but I okay, will work on still it. Take pre-hot care. dog Bye-bye. season. Hot dog season does not kick in until April. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Um, what did you think of that email? I mean, voicemail. Uh, I mean, first of all, can't imagine swallowing a cigarette butt's that bad. <laughs> uh, third, third for a second, second of all, I mean, good questions to ask. Yeah. We like being prepared with questions, comments, and concerns. Um, but you, Do you I think mean, eating a cigarette butt is that bad? Like it wouldn't be like my first choice of things to do. If Henry ate one, would you call an ambulance? I would probably call poison control. Okay, and see, like, do I need to make him throw up? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what do I need to do here? Um, what if they said yes? You need to make him throw up. Would you just feed him a bunch of cookies and let him bounce up and down? Probably. <laughs> Um. Anyway, yes. No, but like all the different like configurations is you know a useful thing I think to think about. Yeah. I mean, it's like poker. How so? If I'm holding Jack Ten, mm-hmm. and I see two Jacks on the board, yeah. How many combinations of a Jack hand are out there that would be in that pot? Well, someone could have Jack Queen, Jack King, or Jack Ace, and then they would beat you. No, no, I know, but like, what's the likelihood of them also having a Jack? Right, I see. But how? What does that have to do with uh, hand combinations? How oh, many? I see, I see. Right. I guess it's like if you have pocket aces, and there's only one other combination of aces out there. Yeah. Anyway, good talk. We had a four of a kind on the board on Friday. On the board, like on no, the f- no, no. There were it was, there were three nines on the on the flop, and then someone had a nine. Oh my goodness! I know. Someone have a pocket pair, so they had a full house. 
No. Oh well, that's where the that's where the fireworks happen. Yeah. Um, I had a flush with a high ace though. You had an ace high flush. I had an ace high flush. Yes. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of open. I think to different configurations. I mean, as far as I can tell, Henry could be any of those combinations. <laughs> uh, I think he's ours. Mm. <laughs> anyway, thank um, you for calling in. Yeah, thank you for this voice memo. Um, we have a voicemail with a somewhat similar um some some similar thoughts all right here we go hi hi matt and dory um i had to pause the pod first time um but i was calling in a because you said you weren't getting any questions and that made me sad uh but b <laughs> we made it run it works high level uh, mosaic embryos and i just wanted to let you know um we had I had gone through several rounds of IVF with my husband, and in the end, we actually ended up using egg donor eggs because my eggs were so bad. Um, and, of course, we had them all tested, genetically tested, and we started transferring the best quality ones with the normal test, and they all failed, and it wasn't till our third transfer, I think, or no, maybe our fourth transfer and it was a high level. It was sort of the best of the mosaic embryos. Mm. Um, and now we have an almost two-year-old son, and he's perfect. Of course, we did all the genetic testing throughout the pregnancy just to make sure, but um, for us, it resulted in something really great. So if you do end up doing that, good luck. Um, it was a little nerve-wracking. But in the end, with all the testing, um, I felt comfortable going forward. And I'm so glad we did because now we have a wonderful son. All right. Hope you have a great day. I am in Denver, Colorado. I don't know how many square feet. It's large, but it's a rental. Um, and zero hot dogs this year. Okay. Thanks for the pod. Bye. Again, not hot dog season yet. Don't worry. I do appreciate the count, but don't feel bad. Um, I mean that that is what I also want to ask Dr. Beck that. Ask about the high level mosaics that we have. Well, I mean, that's the original plan. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But like, are they high level? Yes. What? What was the first one we tried? Wasn't um, that the highest it level? was no, it had a it had a segmental deletion. deletion. Classic segment. <sighs> yeah. Um, thank you for this voicemail. This is good anecdata, as they say. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Um, yeah, I think this is something that we're going to need to talk to our uh, doctor about. So, um, okay, we got another email about 
kind of egg retrievals, etc. cetera, mm-hmm. uh, from Anonymous who said, I will be doing an egg retrieval this spring and Zymot was recommended. I don't think it was available when I did my first egg retrieval four years ago. I will be learning more about the process at my next appointment. We've heard about this recently, right? Not yes, that recently, but, but I'm curious if you two or any of the eggheads have thoughts on the process. I searched online and found that Zymot uses a chip with a membrane that the semen navigates through. It is a new way of sorting out the semen with the best motility. It sounds promising as this will be our last retrieval, so I'm leaning toward trying everything. Thank you for keeping the podcast going. I will really miss it if things change. I think many of your listeners would be interested in a podcast from both of you, no matter the topic. Well. We'll see about that. Zero hot dogs so far for 2022. <laughs> but that will probably change the next time I go to Costco. Mm. Um, did they did I try to remember if we did that the last time? No, they didn't have it. They didn't have it. Mm-mm. It didn't exist? It didn't exist. Okay. But I know about it from I the think, podcast. I think from the podcast. Or from Dr. Beck. I think when we were talking about possibly doing another it was like retrieval, experimental. yeah, yeah, and yes. I think now, I think now it might be more like widespread. It was experimental. I think we did. No, we didn't. It was not available. I don't think. I thought it was. No, I don't think. I thought it like was. had just become a I thing. I don't think so. All right. Well. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. But we can ask about it. We can add that to our list of things to ask about. I love it. Um, thank you for this. Um, all right. Let's take another break. Okay. And then we'll return. And we'll BRB. Do we have any more emails? Oh, yeah. Nice. All right. Be right back. Okay, everyone. We have returned from what I would describe as... Not a long break for you, but for us, a long break. A lot has happened. So much has happened. Uh, what has happened? I don't even remember. Oh, dinner. Dory made dinner tonight, and it had to start at 5 o'clock, so we, she, she made dinner with Henry, sort of. Yeah, he measured some cheese. Mm-hmm. And now, as a result of that, he goes, what mama, what mama and Henry make? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like actually pretty cute. I mean, of course it is. It's like, it's our kid. Uh, (sighs) He's just very cute. Okay. Um, You know, last week we heard from the person who was still listening at the time. Yes. Uh, The one email we got was from (laughs) someone who was wrestling with their disappointment over the sex of their right child. And I remembered uh, giving some, I don't know, words. <laughs> yeah, so we actually, we got a lot of, of emails and stuff about this. So we're going to play a voicemail um, to kick things off. 
Hi, my name is Hannah. I am calling from Minneapolis. And I wanted to call in response to your one call in from this week and say that I don't want to make the listener feel worse who is disappointed about I do. Sex of Just kidding. their future child. But I experienced that as well. I have a little boy who is 18 months and um, at the appointment where we found out his sex, I was devastated. My partner looked over at me and just saw my whole face fall and I I said, don't say anything. I didn't want to cry there. Um, And I got to say, it continued throughout the whole pregnancy. Um, I know that Matt especially had said that throughout the nine months, that'll just go away. But for me, it did not. It intensified. Um, And even at the beginning of my little one's life, I just was a little like, oh, this isn't what I imagined. That's what I was stuck on. It wasn't what I was imagining. But more to the point, also. we are a two-mom household, so I think that we also felt like, oh, we know how to raise a girl. Like, we know how to do this. Um, a boy, no idea. But I will say, my child is 18 months, and I say regularly, I am so glad you're a boy. Now, keep in mind, gender is a construct, so, like, it's all ridiculous. It doesn't actually mean that much. I'm, I, I, My little one could decide or tell us that he is non-binary, he is trans, I am here for whatever he is but right now society treats him like a boy and we do too and um that does mean something even though gender is a construct and one thing i did is i read a book read a book called raising boys it came out in the last couple years um to raise a boy i'm sorry by emma brown and it's a pretty depressing book because it talks a lot about how boys we talk a lot about girls and the struggles they face um, but boys face a lot of struggles too, and it's a pretty depressing book, but it made me feel like I can do this. Like, I can understand what it's like to be a boy after reading this book, and that really helped me. So depressing book, but it helped me. And it also made me feel like I feel like I'm contribu- contributing by raising a boy who will know how to na- n- nurture, who will know how to care for other humans, who will contribute to the domestic household that someday he is a part of um so i really like i love having a boy if we decide to have a second child and if we're so lucky to have a second child i would be thrilled if that child was a boy so it's a journey as they say but i hope that you get to a place where you feel excited and empowered and all of the things and i will say that take your time she got cut off. Patient. She called back. Here we go. Hi, Hannah from Minneapolis again. I got cut off. I didn't mean to go on so long, but I guess this is a topic I feel strongly about. Um, I actually have a lot of lesbian friends who have boys, and I'm just like, great. Like, this is the future. Like, all of these moms or non-binary See, parents out there raising correcting. boys. I think it's going to be great. Um, so I am excited for you, even though I don't know you, listener. Um, and I hope that you're, you get to a place where you're not as disappointed. Um, I am in Minneapolis in about 850 square feet, uh, with a partner and a 18 month old and no pets. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for the, uh, I mean, what do I want to say? The other side of the coin. 
I mean, I feel like we're on the same side of the coin. It just took this listener longer to get there. Yes. But they're on the same clear. side. Was, is the, was the... Did the listener carry? It sounded like it, yes. Hmm. That was what I inferred. Maybe it was different in the sense of the nine-month thing. Because of carrying. Maybe. I don't know. But anyway, I thought that was an interesting perspective. I agree. Um, and we got an email from KC about this. Hello, excellent friends. Just chiming in to say that Anonymous is not alone. And I totally agree with Matt and Dory's response. Before kids, we always just assumed we'd have a girl, and I couldn't even imagine life with a boy child. I was shocked to see a boy at the anatomy scan, no embryo testing. I'm not sure when or how long it took, but by the time he was born, I was just so glad to have him that it didn't matter anymore. Fast forward to science baby number two, and same story, second verse. Now we have two boys, and we are done. And I don't feel the lack of the girl child. There are pros and cons to both sexes slash genders, and there are no guarantees that any child will continue to identify with the sex assigned at birth. That may have been the thought that helped me realize that I truly had no control and it gave me some peace. I also think it helped to give them names before birth so that I could start relating to them as a real child. And lastly, we spend so much time telling girls they can do anything boys can do, obviously important. We need to take the next step and let it be okay for boys to do things we think only girls do. I love that. I thought that was so smart. Start fighting the toxic masculinity now. We raise girls to be strong and able to stand up for themselves. Boy moms are raising the men of the future, and I hope we can raise them to be better than the ones those girls have to stand up to and to That's stand with them instead. Raising the, oh, I see. Boy, boy no. moms gotcha. are raising. Moms of boys. Yes. And yes, there are plenty of cute clothes for boys, too, if you take a minute to look around. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I think it's like... It's, I mean, you know, it's shoved down your throat when you take the kid, like, down a toy aisle and everything's pink on one side and then the other side's Hot Wheels. Yeah. Um, but by that token, I've, I've never cared what Henry wanted to play with. It was always like, whatever. Yeah. Enjoy your tea set, bro. Yeah. Have fun. He loves making tea. He loves making tea in real life and never drinking it. Yeah. It's beautiful. <laughs> but I think it started because... He had the tea set. Maybe. Yeah. It doesn't really, I don't think they correlate though because he's making it in a Keurig. <laughs> I know. It's pretty funny. Um, yeah, and he definitely, I mean, you know, he has Buzz and Woody and Jesse and they he treats them like dolls. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, but yes, I just thought that was, this was such a good point. And one that I hadn't really thought about in these explicit terms. Um, but I think, you know, with Henry, it's like he loves red and pink. Like mm -hmm. those are two colors that he loves. And so there's not a ton of like, quote unquote, boys clothes in pink. So sometimes I just shop for him in like the girls section. And those are the clothes that like he really likes, like his pink tie dye sweatpants. I don't even know those, but sure. So, yeah. He likes a series of uh, shades of magenta, you know? Yeah, but like, I mean, I think that's that's kind of a minor point, but this let it be okay for boys to do things we think only girls do is like important, in my opinion. I think also vice versa. 
Well, yes, yeah, she says that. You know, I think also verse Viso. Mm. You know what they say, the journey of a million steps starts with a mile. Whoa. That's pretty deep. Thank you. Um, okay, this is from Kate. Matt and Dor, first, a genuine and heartfelt thank you for the pod and sharing your stories every week. I started listening as we were starting IVF in January 2019. It was very weird to have our progress mirror your experiences at the speed I was binging the podcast from the beginning, practically down to the ERA test and transfer date. It was immensely helpful to hear your story in real time through that process and then through pregnancy. Our science baby arrived in January 2020, and I returned to work just as everyone went home. The pandemic has, in a word, sucked, but we started preparing for baby number two last fall, lining up new insurance and appointments. We didn't try for kids in the first place until I was 34 when we were, quote, settled, and then we were delayed by infertility, and damned if I'll let the pandemic steal more time from me, right? So off we went, starting injections last month. And now World War III threatens? To build off Matt's remark, how is everyone dealing with this? The whole prospect of very deliberately bringing kids into this fucked up world? IVF feels so much more intentional than skipping the condom just this once, even if it amounts to the same result. And the process feels very fraught at times like this. I've had many people tell me it's never a perfect time to have a baby. As a planner, I hate this statement. And I hate that even as I plan this wanted baby brother or sister, I'm still getting curveballs. I'd love your thoughts and any advice from fellow eggheads on rolling with it. Love, Kate who is in 2,700 square feet in suburban Chicago with one husband, one science toddler, one jealous and clingy terrier mutt. And Kate has had zero hot dogs for 2022, maybe a couple in 2021 on the one family trip we took, but my main source has been baseball games. We haven't been to a game since Baby Moon 2019 in Boston visiting Fenway, our latest stop on the goal to visit every ballpark train. Do you think they were at the Fenway... um cub series that we were at i don't know maybe we'll start that again someday we were on tv yeah i was looking at my phone Dory was on her phone i was staring at everything <laughs> happening on the field <laughs> um i mean yeah this is like the the big the big existential question right yeah for sure i mean but it, it is what it is like hopefully you could just you know raise a being to I don't know fix whatever the fuck we fucked up Mm. (laughs) you know what they say plant a tree so that I can have shade later yes Um, I'm trying to find this quote that I just is it it. um, ask not what your country can do for you but what you can do for your country no is it ich bin ein Berliner no. Is it um uh Yeah, baby. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was, uh I was really searching for some dumb quote. No, it was it was something about I think it was it was a George Orwell um thing that he had written about how like I mean for the most part like humanity has sucked true you know like there have always been wars and plagues and horrible slavery and just like there's been terrible terrible things like, weirdly throughout all humanity. seemingly generated from greed yes 
Which I think is the one thing that we should all try to solve. Greed? Mm-hmm. I mean... Although Gordon Gecko said greed's pretty cool. I mean, I think that's what socialism was trying to solve. And, like, I, I mean, I think on the, I don't know, I think on the whole it makes more sense than a lot of other philosophies. I think the greatest philosophy is probably living in some sort of underwater city Mm. away from everybody on the surface. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think kind of building off of what Matt says, I think all we can do is sort of hope that we are raising people who will help make the world a better place. I want Henry to pay $40 a gallon for gas. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds great. Um, so, yeah, but, I, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd be curious to hear what, what other listeners, how other listeners are kind of navigating this. Um, so, yeah. How are um, you navigating the world let us know well vis-a-vis having kids Mm. um all right we heard from another kate but this is a -A c-a-i-t kate not a k-a-t-e kate i haven't haven't uh seen a -A c-a-t-e for a while well no it's a -A c-a-i-t that's what i meant yeah i meant to spell that but i did not i think a lot of c-a-i-t's it's short for caitlin yeah all right anyway kate writes I'm one of your here for the banter listeners, so I don't generally feel like I have anything to contribute to the conversation. And as someone on the fence, but leaning towards child-free, I really enjoy hearing about your experiences with IVF and parenting Henry, both the good and the bad. Dory, did you always want a child? I'm 31 now, and I think I like the idea of raising a child, but then reality sets in with costs, lack of support system, no family in the area, the general state of the world, pandemic, climate change, World War III, etc. My fiance is also pretty ambivalent about the whole thing. I know we have a few years until we really have to make a decision, but I'm a planner, so my instinct is to try to figure this out sooner than later. My compromise for now is to check in with myself every few months and ask, can I picture having a child in our lives right now? And so far, the answer has been no. Is there a switch that flipped with you guys, or is this a sign that we should just enjoy our child-free lives since we don't have an overwhelming desire for a child? Best, Kate. And I think you should reframe that and ask if you could picture having a child in like nine months to a year. Because whenever you look at it like right now, it, it no, the answer is no. Well, let me just finish giving Kate's stats, and then I will oh, also sure. weigh in. Kate is in 2,300 square feet in South Walpole, Massachusetts. Nice. Two cats, one dog, one fiance, maybe four hot dogs this year. And then Kate has a PS. Would you guys ever considering tra- consider transitioning to a slice of life podcast where you have banter and then listeners can email in with non-IVF related questions, more like your bonus episodes? I mean... That is literally the bonus episode. That's literally the bonus <laughs> episodes. If you, if you liked last week for some reason there's more available just head over to patreon.com forward slash excellent adventure yeah that's literally what we do and we answer questions about nonsense pretty much everything nonsense and occasionally greg watchhorn will he has not he has not surfaced for I a long time i am curious what he's up to yeah me i think too. i'm saying it in the regular pod maybe he doesn't even listen anymore over in ireland I mean, what if he's at Tato Park right now? Oh, boy. (laughs) 
Um, so I think another, another, I mean, I, I like this idea of thinking about like a year from now, but I also think it's worth thinking about like, what do you want your life to look like 10 or 15 years from now? Like, do you picture yourself with a, like a family that includes children? Let me tell you, I probably could have very, if you said to me, after we got married or before we got married or whatever, you were like, I don't want to have kids. I would have been like, okay. I believe that. And, um, I'd have an easier time of like picturing like at that, at an easier time then of picturing a life with no kids. Mm-hmm. But like now in retrospect, like if I was like a time traveler mm-hmm. and you were like, no kids, I'm like, no, no, we have to. We gotta have Henry. And you'd be like, who's Henry? And then I'd be like, I'm a time traveler. <laughs> okay. You'd be like, he's this really funny, weird kid who's obsessed with clocks. <laughs> I don't think that would have sold it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, I think only you can really know for sure. Um, Kate Spencer once speaking of another Kate once wrote something I feel like it was for like cosmopolitan.com that was like if you're on the fence don't have kids okay um basically arguing that like I mean kids are amazing but they're also a lot of work and a lot of responsibility and they change your life irrevocably and like, if you don't want to take that on, then like, I mean, they do, and unless you're Jewish, because in the summer you can get your life back with this thing called sleepaway camp. Honey, I it's cannot not, wait. It's not just Jews that send their kids to sleepaway camp for the amount of time that you guys do. I mean, it's like the biggest racket going. It's genius. And I love it. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> Bye. And then for like two months a year, you get your life back with your spouse. Uh, what should we do? I don't know. Should we go to a movie? Yeah. Should we walk? Why not? Who cares? Do we need a babysitter? No. You know, you can send them at eight. I am aware. <laughs> There's a countdown clock. <laughs> I mean, realistically, just like, I mean, think about it. Like, I love Henry to death, but like the idea of like loving Henry to death and having eight weeks in a year where you're just like, Henry's taken care of and you don't have to worry. And yeah. it's like, you get to be a human being again with your wife or husband or partner. Wow. Or by yourself if you're a single parent. Mazel tov. <laughs> Look, I am <laughs> literally. Um, okay, we did not answer your question at all, but you know what? Regarding whether, like, to I don't know, did that yourself. did that help? Did that help her? Uh, I just want to say, like, if, I think if you're always asking yourself, "Can I picture myself with a kid right now?" The answer is always going to be no. It's mm. never going to be yes. Mm. Because you'll be thinking about like what you're doing that day or mm-hmm. in the weekend or mm-hmm. whatever, and it's like mm-hmm. gonna be like, no, I can't picture having a kid right mm-hmm. now. 
How else would I get to go to Canopy Lake Park? I assume you're going to Canopy Lake for some reason. Right. Are they from Massachusetts? Yeah, they're from South Walpole. Perfect. Um, all right. Well, let's move on to this other question from Christy, who says, please don't stop the pod. <laughs> I love that every email opens with this. It's yeah. very, it's very uh, validating. As a newish mom, I love listening to you all talk about your pregnancy and parenting journey after following Dory over from Forever 35. My question is this. How do parents with small children manage to cook dinner slash feed themselves in general? I'm struggling to cook anything that requires hands-on time since my 11-month-old doesn't play independently for more than a few minutes at a time. I need to start cooking dinner before my partner gets home from work. Any suggestions? My daughter will play in her extra saucer for a few minutes or will play on the floor for a couple minutes before she starts climbing up my legs. Maybe we need to only make sheet pan slash crock pot slash air fryer slash instant pot meals that can't burn if left unattended. We tend to eat mostly plant-based slash pescatarian. TLDR, how do I cook dinner with a baby? Christy in 1,700 square feet with a husband, 11-month-old, and four cats, zero hot dogs this year. Nice. Again, hot dog season. Not started yet. Um, I feel like we've only, stories only started cooking again in the last... Two months? Yeah. So... <laughs> It ain't going to happen for a while. It could if you um, put the kid to bed earlier or something like that and then cooked. I mean, I don't know, timing-wise. There's going to be an age, though, where they're going to enjoy YouTube, watching Trucks or Miss Rachel or old episodes of Under the Umbrella Tree. <laughs> And that will be how you sort of get things done. I mean, think back to when you were a kid. What did you do when your parents were, were cooking or whoever was cooking? You watched TV. Just what you did. Yeah. That's how you got kids out of the out of your face. That's what TV is for. It's the summer camp of every day. Um, but to your question, I, I think if you if you are kind of determined to cook. I think there are a couple things you could do. I think one is you could prep something while your kid is napping and then um, have it like ready to go in the fridge and just needs to be like popped in the oven or something like assemble a casserole. If or, you, will. you know, that's that's the one pot solution she's talking about. But might as well just get the mise en place ready yeah get the mise en place ready and then you're just good to go you get like you know on tv when they have like little tiny bowls full of salt yeah measured out correctly yeah i will sometimes do a mise en place um while henry is still with his nanny and then he comes home and he can like help me with dinner by like pouring my measured out salt into the you know mm -hmm, what i mean mm -hmm. and he finds that very satisfying um you're not at this at, at, at this stage yet um the other thing that i was going to say is perhaps with your partner's help you could devote some time maybe on the weekends where i'm assuming they will be home to doing some meal prep for the week if this is something that you feel called to do this might be too much to take on right now um, and that's fine. Once she starts, uh, your kid starts like standing, you can get them one of those little helper stands. 
Yeah, the kitchen helpers. The kitchen helper thing, and then they, you can pretend that they're helping. <laughs> um, but I'm curious if other people have other strategies for this you with, with very young children. Speaking of sensory seeking, what? we weren't even speaking of it. What? I was just thinking about the helper thing. And like, do you remember the hours I would occupy him with a bowl of water and ice? Yeah. And now he just loves cold and hot water poured over his head. Yeah. <laughs> what a weirdo. Remember when he would move his crib to the middle of the room? Yep. <laughs> it's funny. We don't have to wake up to thumping anymore. I know. It's really weird. Um, okay. I think we have time for one more question. And this is from Jess who says, help, we are starting to plan a trip to Disney World for December between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Is it better to stay on property? If so, where would you recommend? I will have a four and a half year old son and want to make it as special for him as possible while staying in a hotel on property or off that feels clean and not run down. I know nothing, so I turn to you, our wonderful Disney experts. Assuming we just want to do the normal parks and spend some time by the hotel pool, where should we stay? Jess, who is in 3,800 square feet in Connecticut with my husband, my three and a half year old science baby, one dog, two cats, no significant hot dog count for me, but I do take a piece of my son's when I cut it up for testing purposes, and that's been about four times so far in 2022. Uh, Nice. I would stay at Art of Animation. I mean, family-wise, yeah, it's a, it's, every hotel room's going to be pretty similar there. They have these little suites so you can have a separate room for the kid. Uh, and also it's on the Disney Skyliner, which is the gondola so you can easily get to Epcot and Hollywood Studios on the gondola line or the Skyliner line. And then otherwise it's bus service everywhere or you could do what we did, which was which actually, by the way, I think you're going to say this is going to sound like it's a waste of money, but I don't think it is. We took our rental car and drove it from Art of Animation to the Magic Kingdom and paid for the preferred parking, which is great because, yes, it's stupid. It's $40 or whatever it was. I, I thought it remember. was 25 No, I feel like it was 40 Oh, was it? For the preferred parking. Oh. But because we went to the park so early, we were like right up at the front. Remember? Yep. yep and then yep. the other thing that I forgot was that priority pass, which was great because we went back that night, works all day at all the parks. Mm. So if you're going to park hop, yeah, that's, you can then that's drive true. to the next park and have priority parking. Mm, good point. Um, Art of Animation also has a decent pool. Yeah, Henry enjoyed the pool. I went in it with him. Yeah. All right. Well... Thanks, everyone, for writing in this week. If we didn't get to your email, it's probably in next week's uh, episode. But you should still write in with we'll new emails. We'll probably need it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Um, and just a reminder, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash excellentadventure. Thanks to the following Patreon supporters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abba N. Alec, Meredith Fletcher, and Florence Babel. Alex Ball. Bell. Alex uh, Liu. Wait. That's correct. I don't have my glasses on, and that font is very small. I blame myself. Um, Alex Liu. Keep going. Amanda Powell. Amy. I got to get this bigger. Andrew McClure. Angie James. Ann Fluker. Ann Kay. Yes, and Anna Ratliff, as well as one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight anonymous folks, and April uh, Holwerda. Ariana Perry. Ashley Sicily. Aurora and Zelda. Ainsley. 
Becca Foster. Bethany Whipperman. Bianca Loria. Brianne Hudson. Britt S. Baker. Bruno Macias. Carly Moore. Carolyn Crampton. Carolyn N. Kathy Hill. Cecily Templeton. Janami Worth. Christina. Claire Dealey. Crescent Martin. Cryptomat. Cynthia Meisner. Danielle Nutriforo. Dawn. Deanna McLean. Diana Robinson. Diane M. Martin. And Dr. Beverly Crusher. <laughs> Engage. Okay. Uh, thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.